Take your Bibles out, find 1 Samuel 22. Let's continue our conversation of the cave. Spiritual spelunking. Praise the Lord for three people who were first time salvations Sunday. Praise the Lord. And for those that were recommitting their life to Jesus, it's powerful. Amen. Pray for Sunday. Um, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna preach on <clears throat> the anger. Thanks, baby. The anger that <clears throat> we have um, in our culture, in our society, but <clears throat> a lot of times the church doesn't know how to deal with it. So they we're really mad at God. We just don't want to say that. Because we're like, why do good things happen to, or why do bad things happen to good people, and all those questions that don't matter this side of eternity or the other side. But I understand why people ask them. <clears throat> and I think once we own the fact that we are, hey, Johnny, get my Bible for me, baby. Once we own the fact that we are really kind of a little miffed at God over the whole thing, uh, then we can move forward. Um, this is, these tragedies that are happening, it's not a political thing. It's, it's a Bible thing. Yeah, and We just ain't got time to be fooling around about it, amen? We, we need to get people under the sound of the gospel. We need to get people, I don't know, man, I, 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 I just risk everything. Risk, risk everything. We ain't taking nothing with us when we go, amen? All we're taking with us is the knowledge of knowing that we got people under the sound of the gospel. They gave their life to Jesus, a family, our friends, whomever. I just I just pray that we would just just own this. Desperately own this. Thanks, Bob. You and first Samuel go to chapter twenty two, please. Just like last week, I want to <clears throat> I want to read Psalm sixty one, verse one and two, because um, I want you to know that David is not in a good place. Anybody in the last month not been in a good place? Anybody want to be honest about that? Yeah, it's all of us. <clears throat> I love the Bible. I love David. I can relate to David. Maybe it's because everybody's a giant to me. 
<laughs> I meant literal size. Psalm 61 said, oh God, this is David talking. Literally written um, as a praise chorus, believe it or not. Oh God, listen to my cry, exclamation point. Hear my prayer, exclamation point. From the ends of the earth, I cry to you for help when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the towering rock of safety, which leads us to 1 Samuel 22, verses 1 through 4. David is in a cave. I won't take the time to, as I did last week, to build the difference between a wilderness situation and a cave situation, but they are two different things. Let's read First Samuel 22, verse 1 through 4. And then I want to pray and just ask God to open our hearts tonight. Your Bible says, So David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And soon his brothers and all his other relatives, I'll let that sit there for a minute, joined him there. Then others began coming. Men who were in trouble or in debt, who were just discontented, until David was the captain of about 400 men. Later, David went to Mizpah in Moab, where he asked the king, please allow my father and mother to live here with you until I know what God is going to do for me. So David's parents stayed in Moab with the king during the entire time David was living in his Used to be cave, now stronghold. God, I bless the reading of your word. Soften our hearts. Begin to stir up the ground and the soil of our hearts. That seed may be planted. God, I thank you so much for the way you move in our presence Week after week after week, God is so humbling. You, you don't do that because we deserve it. You do it because you want to see people say yes to your son way more than we do. But God, I also believe that you honor and favor those who are not afraid to stand behind this book and stand behind your truth and your principles, those who will lift up the name of Jesus, and they will not lift up the name of Jesus and it's Jesus, and it's only Jesus, and we will only believe Jesus, I pray you would help us to recognize our cave situations. May we stand strong in them 
and be victorious. In the name of your Son, we pray these things. Amen. Last week we talked about the <clears throat> reality of the cave. We all have had cave situations. We've all been um, in wilderness situations where <clears throat> we've lasted uh, longer than we wanted to in the wilderness because of our own decisions. Um, same as the children of Israel. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness immediately following his baptism. God, through Moses, led the children of Israel out of Egypt into the wilderness. Your Bible says so they could worship him. They, they got a little tired of the wilderness. They really got a little tired, to be quite honest, and your word will bear out. They got a little tired of God. God didn't move fast enough and give them enough. God promised he'd meet our needs, amen? Every single one of them. And he did that. He kept his word. And they kept going around and around. The cave, on the other hand, was somewhere that David escaped to that was there to change him. You have, and I have, cave situations. So Jeff... How will I know? Well, you'll know you're in a cave situation when you're experiencing suffering. And I, I use that uh, term cautiously. And actually, I, 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 I hesitate using it um, because it's, it's almost comical how little we suffer. Um, and then we use words like suffering. But I want us to, to think of this word as... Uh, internal suffering. And I, I just want us to think of it as things in our life, suffering that we didn't ask for. We didn't do nothing to deserve it. Uh, in, in our heads, we think not. Um, but here we find ourselves, things aren't going the way we thought they should go. And so we're trying to find answers. We end up in a cave, and there will be times of suffering. There's also going to be times of isolation. There will be times of separation. David was in the cave alone for a while. And then, as we read, God brought people to him. And I rush through that if you want to listen to us unpack all of that. Just listen to last Wednesday's podcast because I wanted to get to number two. And if you take notes, I pray you grab something, click your pen, and, and let's get ready because th this is where we all know we can do cave time. But it, <clears throat> our cave time can turn into wilderness time if we don't understand why we're in the cave. If we don't catch what it is that God is trying to show us 
and catch what it is that he's trying to do in us. If you recall in our text, he said, you know, can, can mom and dad stay here until I discover what God's going to do for me? That's called a proclamation and a declaration of faith. That's what that is. He's in a cave by himself. People show up. Family shows up. Third cousins. You know, people you don't even know that say they're your family. Like every family reunion, you introduce yourself to people that are your family or in your tree. They just, they're just the bizarre limb that shoots off. You're not real sure where they came from. I, I, I just think of somebody in the park that wanted a sandwich, but that ain't important right now. <laughs> what I want us to think about tonight and, and, and kind of dive into is we understand there's the reality of the cave. I want us to look at the revelation of the cave. The revelation of the cave. Just, just so we're all on the same page and all shooting at the same target, so to speak. Let's read verse 1 through 4 together again because in here is a whole lot of goodness. David left Gath. Gath is literally translated as wine press. Remember, he escaped. He was getting pressed, and he wasn't running from trouble as much as he was running so he could spare the life of his enemy. You're thinking that doesn't that doesn't make sense. Why would he Why would he want to do that? Um, because Saul was anointed by God. Believe it or not, um, he was an, he, he had an anointing on him which God uh, took away with no trouble whatsoever doing that. Uh, uh, let him uh, gave him enough rope to hang himself, as it were, um, and he. David, that is, did not want to harm one of God's anointed. So he was in a place where he was being pressed. So David left the wine press and escaped to the cave of Adullam, which literally translated means everyone's testimony. So now think about it. So he's leaving the wine press the pressures, listen, it would have been easier to kill Saul. I mean, let's be honest. It'd be easier for us just, it's, it's just easier to get a divorce. Right? I, I, I mean, now, now I'm, uh, that wasn't me being cute or insensitive to folks who have experienced that. Um, there, there are there. There's just the reality that there are folks that got never meant to be together. Can we just be dead honest here for a second? And I'm I'm the first to say, if anybody under the sound of my voice in this room or outside this room via podcast across this country, if 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 you are in a place and you are unsafe. Don't, don't even let me finish this sentence. 
uh, grab the kid and go. Where, where am I going to go? Uh, you, you just, we're we're going to be praying that God gets you somewhere, but go. Because there ain't no man or woman worth risking your life, getting the junk beat out of you, your kid getting beat. Just go. We're like, preachers ain't supposed to say that. Well, I, I'm, 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 I'm tired of cleaning up the mess of folks who n- n- know they shouldn't have never done it to begin with and go exactly the opposite of the counsel I give and say, you know, you, you do know you guys should not be together. Let's just, let's put this thing on pause. Let's just, but see, they already ordered the pretty napkins. Right, so we got to go through with this. Man, hang those napkins. I mean, just use them. Use them at the next barbecue or something. When you're in a cave and you begin to see the revelation of the cave, you will have a testimony. that perhaps I don't have, or Joshua don't have, Miss Kim don't have, you're going to have a testimony of that cave experience that is for a purpose. So he escaped the wine press to the cave of their testimony, and soon his brothers and all of his other relatives, clearly there were so many he didn't name them all, all of his other relatives joined David there. Verse 2. Then others began coming. Now, there were probably others than just the men. But, no offense ladies, it wasn't that you were devalued to the degree that you had no worth. It was just that the men were mentioned and it was just a given that there were women folk along. And 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 pause, uh, sidebar. But ladies, you need to thank God for Jesus, who right-sided the upside-down cultural nonsense of women being beneath men, because Jesus was the great equalizer. And, and it was Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God, that inspired Paul to write in Ephesians 5. It does say what it says, but before it says that, which was all I ever heard as growing up, no, it says, submit one to another. Like that comes first. See, see, I want to talk about that, but I, I, that's just me wanting to talk about it. I need to talk about what God wants to talk about tonight. The others began coming, men who were in trouble, in debt, and were discontented. We'll talk about all that in a minute. Until David was the captain of about 400 men. 400 men. Later, David went to Mizpah. 
literally translated the watchtower. So he's in a wine press. He goes to a place where he's going to have some testimonies developed. But he goes first to the watchtower. And it was in Moab, translated, of the father. So he went to the watchtower of his father, where he asked the king, please allow my father and mother to live here with you until I know what God is going to do for me. And David's parents stayed in Moab with the king during the entire time David was living in his stronghold. Um, we're going to talk about these revelations, but I want you to notice something very, very carefully, and it could get by us. Um, we're going to talk about his parents here in a second, but your Bible said that his parents came and, and all his family. So all his family, other than his mom and pops, were part of the discontented, broke, troubled. So they were all doing this cave time together, but the first revelation that David learns in the cave and that you and I will learn in our cave, and I pray to God that you just grasp this because somebody needs this tonight because you're looking for it in outside sources and you may never get it. I suggest you probably won't get it until you first receive it from God. The first revelation that David received in the cave was God affirmed his calling. God affirmed who he was. Remember, David's props were being taken away. He had nothing and no one to lean on except God. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's not a fun place to be. But, but one after the other, it, 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 he was human, amen. So as w one thing after another got stripped away from him in the natural, doubt can begin to creep in, amen. I'm, 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 I'm preaching what I know about tonight. Doubt can come in, and you can begin to doubt what God has said to you. You can begin to doubt who God says you are. You can begin to doubt the promises of God because we can be in over our head. Amen. Um, especially when the promise that God made to David happened so long ago. In, in chronologically speaking, where we're at now in the scriptures. After a while, people began to show up at the cave these misfit men and, and probably their families and then his misfit family. But God affirmed his calling there. And, and, and let's, let's get practical for a minute. But, but we're not going to let the practicality and the logic of this story overshadow the spiritual principle. But I, but I think... But I think we can use our brain here, okay? I want you to be thinking. I want you, when you're reading the scripture, to not, like, check out. I 
you are not just created of feelings. Man, we're to, we're to worship God with our, with our spirit, soul, and body. And that's, that soul is connected to your mind. So I want you to think for a second. David's family, they came out. And they came out because they were afraid of Saul. They were afraid of Saul. So fear drove people to David, who probably did not think he was worthy to lead anyone because he was hiding out in a cave. He was, uh, the word escaped just jumps out at me every time I read this. He escaped where he was, got to the mountain, went inside the cave, and here they come. People that were afraid of Saul, people that they were out of options, they thought, uh, Christ followers are never out of options, bless God. But the reason they were where they were, the reason they all tracked David down and went to the cave was because they believed the promises that God gave David. So, 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 so what the broken, what the broken folk did was they got themselves to the one who had an anointing and a promise on his life. Now, given this situation, you would think they would have found someone else with a promise and an anointing on their life. One of the mistakes we make as Christ followers in the cave, especially when doubt comes in, definitely when fear enters into the picture, is we, we, we will run and find somebody, all right, but we run and find somebody that's going to agree with us. You have every right. You have every right to be mad. You have every right. Look, Jeff was just wrong. He should not have told you you need Jesus. <laughs> they could have went anywhere, but they remembered. They remembered this little kid that got anointed, that God promised would be the king. And since David still had air in his lungs, the people knew that God wasn't done with him yet. So even though they were jacked up, and by all natural accounts, David was jacked up, but see, you've got to look beyond a physical condition and look at the anointing and the calling on someone's life. And this is where, the cave is where God affirmed the calling of the king. And these folks that came, they didn't just come to hide. This is important. They came looking to David for leadership. They came and, and, and it's as if they told David, look, we're, we're afraid. Saul, he's lost his dang mind. 
He's just, I mean, the, the nation is just upside down, okay? So, you know, our bad. We got exactly what we asked for. We got exactly who we voted into office. Everybody with me still? <laughs> Don't email me. Don't email me. I'm just preaching. And so, and so they come and they're fearful. And so they look to David who had escaped himself to the cave. And they look and they say, look, we're all in, man. We are all in. We're all in. What are we doing, David? Tell us what to do. Um, I, I don't know yet. Give me some time. I got to think about this. Um, you, you guys are an unlikely group of heroes here. Uh, so, so David, David started to get an affirmation and some confirmation that he was still the king. He was still the king. He was still the anointed one. And it, and it had to encourage the, him that they came, but it also probably was incredibly confusing when they came because, again, you can begin to doubt yourself and wonder, what's the purpose of my life? I'm hiding out in this cave. But remember, the cave isn't punishment. The cave is so that you don't have anybody else to lean on but God. And when he gets you there, his promises are still in effect. And so David didn't have to go out and put together an army because most leaders would go out and pick the cream of the crop. Fair enough, right? They would have, right? I mean, they would have, they would have picked a bunch of big guys. I would have still, you know, I'd have been picked last like basketball. Most leaders would have done that. Well, God brought him his army for what it was worth. 400 men came to David. And I don't know how God's going to do it for you, but somehow, while you are in your cave situation, confused, not sure what it is you're supposed to be doing, kind of leaning left and you're leaning right, you're not, you're, you're trying to just put one foot in front of the other and then bam, you weren't expecting that news, you weren't expecting that to happen in your life and, and, and it's, you got to get along with God and you will get a, somebody, if not tonight, God is going to bring this back to your memory and you are going to get the revelation and affirmation of who you are in Jesus Christ once again. Because he told you once before, he's probably told you a whole bunch of times, but sometimes we just need reminded, amen. I do. You're going to know. And, and, and while you're in your cave, he's going to come, and, and, and he's going to come where you are. Isn't it amazing that, that God comes where you are? <laughs> Jesus said, 
I stand at the door and knock. There, there wasn't nobody running out looking for Jesus. Romans said, no man. Romans says, no man looks for God. Everybody always, not everybody, that's, that's stupid. I've heard many folks say and use that, you know, Jesus is not, to, to use it as an evangelistic move for the lost, right? Jesus is standing there. That's not written to lost people or for lost people. It's written for Christians. He's standing at the door and he knocks and whoever answers, he's going to come in. He's not just going to come in. He's going to sit down with you and he's going to have a conversation with you. He's going to have communion with you, if you will, and fellowship with you. And you're going to break bread together and he's going to affirm you for who you are. But you got to open the door. Well, the last time there was a knock and I opened the door, it wasn't Jesus. Maybe, probably. So you're never going to open the door when it knocks again? No. You've got to be ready for when Jesus affirms you again. And he's going to come to where you are, not just to affirm you, but to confirm. And this is important because it goes together. He, he will affirm you, but he's also confirming his faithfulness. It's so important. When you're in a cave and, and you're alone, and then when people do come in your life, you're wondering, why are you in my life? You're, you're in worse shape than I am. Ain't it funny how God does that? Because one of y'all are going to have to rise above the situation. Amen. And the one that's going to rise above the situation is the one with the true anointing on their life that's going to receive the affirmation of who they are and the affirmation of their calling and the confirmation of Jesus' faithfulness. God help me. And the confirmation of his promises. God is going to use your cave as a banner to write his love over your life. Thank you, Jeff, for telling me that because I was wondering why I was in the cave. Because he wants to use this to bring revelation back to you that he didn't make a mistake. He, 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 he didn't call you, anoint you, provide for you, show you favor. He didn't do all of that and then snatch it away because you messed it up. He, that's not how he works. What you need and what I need is just to be reaffirmed that Jesus is still knocking. And he's coming to confirm who he is. Think about it. I said that God wants to use the cave in your life as a banner to write his love over your life. 
He used ravens as a banner to write his love over Elijah's life. Think about it. Ravens would go out and bring this dude food. That's amazing. I love that story. Fed by the ravens. Let's go all the way. Let's go all the way to the, God used an empty tomb as a banner to write his love over his son Jesus. Because he was forsaken. I said he was forsaken. My God, my God, why, why, Father, why have you forsaken me? And then he burst from the tomb. And that was God's banner of love over our king's life. Know this. God's got a way. God's got a way of using your cave to show you he's been there all along. But David's calling wasn't just affirmed. If you're taking notes, understand this. It was in that cave where a revelation came and the cave revealed David's character. Once he got his calling kind of you know, he got back on his feet. These 400 men wasn't there by accident, amen? So, 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 so now, now he had to begin to make decisions for more than just himself. I hope you're seeing a progression here. The revelation of his calling led to the revelation of his true character. Were to take place in the cave. When, when his family showed up and, and this, the misfits of Israel, when, when, when they showed up, it no doubt added to David's burden. Did you hear me? It, it, listen, there is no way as he saw him coming, he wasn't thinking, what am I going to do? There's just no way. And you're like, well, you're reading into the scripture. Uh, no, we've read over and over again in the book of Psalm where he cries out to God, um, seriously, God, I don't know what to do here. Of course, it always ends in incredible praise to the king. But David's burden got heavier. But he rose to the challenge and the truth of his character and the heart of the real king that he was was beginning to be revealed. You say, how was it being revealed? It was revealed in that cave because notice, first thing he did, please, the first thing he did, you're like, well, this, the first thing he did wasn't a spiritual act. Oh, you're so wrong. The first thing he did was he honored his parents now let me just stay here for just a second and I'll move on he rose to the truth of his character by taking measures to care for his folks now think about it David's pops wasn't up for dad of the year 
In fact, if, if anybody had a right to make a point, it was David. But instead, he proved his purpose. And he told everybody in the cave, hold on, you, you two brothers, you just, you, you, you just stay right there. You ain't going. You stay there. And you cousins that I don't know your name, you stay there too. And the rest of you 400, you stay right there. I got to go take care of mom and dad. Parents do not earn honor. Honor is given. You can disagree with 90%, if not 99.8% of what your parents do or say, etc., etc. You still have to honor them. Sometimes the best way to honor them is to put them first by just stop arguing with them. You know, as a parent, and a lot of parents in the room tonight, you ain't going to change your parents' mind. You're just not going to do it. <laughs> I just, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I feel, I feel like God just kind of left me hanging there for a minute because it's like, oh, y'all got perfect parents. All right, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's significance in the first thing he did to prove his character once his calling was affirmed is he took care of mom and dad. That's huge. It's really huge to me. It's huge. Huge. Notice then that he rose up and he led these tired, broken, discontented. Do you think he wanted to lead them? No. The answer is no, he did not. Do, why, why do you say that, Jeff? Do you think David was tired? Of course he was. But see, a true leader, tired is just a word when God says move. Now, if you're moving and God ain't saying move, you're going to wear out. True Christ followers who put obedience first cannot and will not burn out. If they do, there's disobedience somewhere in their wake. Or their God is weak. My God's not weak. David was tired but he understood his calling, and he understood that, man, his character now was being revealed in this cave by stepping up to leave. He was tired. Do you think David was running a little low on funds? David had nothing, but he still led. He wasn't exactly ecstatic in how his life was going at the moment. <laughs> But instead of breaking under the pressure, God, what a picture this is. What a foreshadowing of what Jesus did for us. Instead of breaking under the pressure of what was happening in his life at the moment, he put the pressure on his own life aside long enough to A, 
demonstrate honor to his parents and be begin to lead those that God brought to him. He didn't go get them. And he never broke under the load. He, the, he didn't focus on the situation. He was able to, to silo his steps and, and, and kind of prioritize, if you will. He knew, he knew he had to take care of mom and dad. He knew that. He knew that. Whether they earned it or not, he had to take care of mom and dad. I love the way that David's heart's revealed in this text. And I love how the cave pulled it out of him. The leader rose to the challenge. Every true leader called by God will rise to the challenge. Now, there's a whole lot of leaders called by mom. And a whole lot of leaders called because they answered an ad on churchjobs.com. The day I ever call this a job, I, I want Jeff make me a promise, John O make me a promise, because Kim's already gonna do it, so I don't gotta ask her. Jim make me a promise, Brandon make me a promise, all you ladies make me a promise, Sissy make me a promise, Tammy make me a promise, Jay Scales make me a promise. As soon as I th think you owe me anything, just be gentle. I'm old. But come to me and say, bro, your heart ain't in this anymore. Because a shepherd's not a hireling, a true shepherd. David understood that. David had nothing the leader rose to the occasion just as it did in the life of David. Listen, what you're going through in your cave right now, not the wilderness. The wilderness is because you did some stupid things. The wilderness is because God was trying to deliver you and there was still some generational... God was trying to deliver you, but there were still some generational things that, are, that, are, that just keep coming up, and you just, just keep pretending like that's not the case, and it's going to follow you all the days of your life, unless, unless that link is removed, amen, through the power of the Holy Spirit, amen. See, we've got to let... The circumstance, the cave, if you will, pull out the best in us. I, 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 guess, I guess one of the greatest examples, and, I, and, and I'll probably just close here. God knows I ain't close to being done. I don't get very far, do I? One of the greatest examples of someone in a cave is Joe. Job is truly 
a picture of someone who is not in a wilderness. He was a righteous and just man. And, and I don't know how you, you read the Bible. I've said this time and time again. It is amazing to me when I read the book of Job, just start in chapter 1, and as you begin reading, God, the creator of the universe, and some of his angels are just looking over the banisters of heaven, watching Job just do life. Pause. Let me let me let's let me bake your noodle for just a second. Does he still does he does he still do that? You think? <laughs> what a, what a, man, I've heard I've heard people try to, and I'm not saying they're they're wrong because uh, usually there's a little bit of right in there, but but they, they that great cloud of witnesses, Bible talks about. Man, you can, if it makes you feel better, and it does me, so I'll, I'll say it. You know, if, if, it's, if it's my mom and dad, then awesome. I, Kim and I were talking this past weekend how, how, man, you know, as, as th- through brokenness, really, and, and hurt, we, we talk about folks who we, because we feel the weight of their burdens, and as we just watch them just run through the guardrail and over the side of the hill, and, and it's like the, the age-old question: Why? Why do people do that? And I said, Well, and, and we we agree on this. She just says it more eloquently than I do, and probably uses verses. I just said, Well, think about it. What what kept me out of trouble as a kid more than anything else? I wasn't afraid of my mama, although she could beat the living daylights out of me. And I found out, you learned to run in Tennessee. Because I ran from mom one time. And I thought, I got this. I told her no. <laughs> and I took off. And I ran around our farm. <laughs> you guys think I lived on a farm? Wasn't a farm. Yeah, we, had, we had a couple acres. <laughs> And a horse tied to the front porch. True story. Anyway, I took off, and I'm, I'm just going to run around the house, and I'm like, because Dad told me I ran fast. And that's all you got to tell a kid. You let Dad tell a kid something, they got S's on their chest. Now, I'm running. <laughs> I turn around. She's right there. I'm not exaggerating. Kim will tell you, I've told this story all, all, all over, preaching and, and playing. I'm like, you can't outrun God. And mom proved that to me. <laughs> and, I, you know, you know I, hey, you know, she's celebrating with Jesus right now. So, you know, you call CPS if you want. But I felt the results of running from her all the way back to the front door. Now, here's the thing. We had already made one, two, three turns. We were almost to the front door. Oh, no. No, we went, we went the long way home. You, you, you. So that great 
cloud of witnesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I, I pray that as, as weak as it may sound to you, I pray that mom and dad uh, to this day are proud of me. I pray that, uh, you know, I, I, I have conversations with God sometimes. Hey, just, man, just let me know that, that, that dad, dad knows that I'm trying to live his legacy. I, I just want to further what dad started. And, and man, I, I, man, I want my girls to further what I started. You follow me? I want my kids to do more than I did. Job is sitting or working, doing life with his family. I said he's doing life with his family. He had broken every generational chain in order for him to be the most righteous man on the planet at the moment. Yikes. And Satan walks up and begins to just have a conversation with Almighty, holy, holy, holy is he, God. I, I, don't, I don't know if the angels were like, on. I don't know how that played out, but I know that God wasn't shocked by it. In fact, God, they had a little banter back and forth. You know, Job only lives a righteous life because of his blessing. As far as you can see is his land. He's got more cattle, more llama, more goat. I don't know what, camels. He's, he's got more than everybody. That's why he serves you. Okay, all right. Well, I won't put him in a cave for a minute. Satan says, let me have him and I'll prove it. God said, well, you can have his life. You can have everything about him. But you can't take his life because he's mine. And you know the story. Um, so Satan squeezed him. And when the dust settled, or right before, right as it was beginning, in verse 21 of Job chapter 1, just feel this based on what you now know what just took place he says I came naked from my mother's womb I'll be naked when I leave the Lord gave me what I had and the Lord has taken it away praise yet I will praise the name of the Lord forever and your Bible if it doesn't have an exclamation point, put one there because in the Hebrew language, it was, it was the most emphatic way to say that. I will praise the Lord. And then you fast forward to chapter 42. When you, this is when the dust really cleared. Your Bible says in verse 12, the Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life more than in the beginning. You said, Jeff, why are you telling me this? Because he was in a cave season of his life 
Nobody in this room has experienced the cave season in their life like Job. And, and, and I don't think anybody would argue with that. But now hear me. If the cave is a reality, and it is, and if the cave is not fun or pleasant, and it isn't, and in that reality of the cave there are some revelations, the revelations of the affirmation of who God says you are, the revelation of the confirmation of who God says he is, then while you're in the cave, praise him. Praise him. And see what happens. God affirmed his calling. The cave revealed his character. And I got one more revelation, but we're going to wait. Then, I want to talk about the restoration. But here's what I want to leave us with. And man, I've thought about this question because I knew I knew I was going to speak on this. If God didn't change my mind, this is what I was going with, and He didn't. So I, I asked myself because somewhere in my prayer and somewhere in my mind. When I was thinking about that Job Satan scenario, how that all played out, I, to me, the picture that was in my mind was of Satan just squeezing Job, like wringing him out mm, to see what would come out of him. Job's friends, who honestly, seriously, Get new friends, Job, honestly, because they were no help to you whatsoever. Let me just quick sidebar here. Be careful who you use the F word with. And I meant friend. I forgot it's 2019 and we do anything in church now, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Be careful who you call your friend. Be careful who you're, if your friend isn't lifting you up, if your friend isn't calling you out, if, if you're married, if your spouse is not calling you out, lifting you up, equally encouraging you, you need to work on your friendship then work on your marriage. What comes out of Jeff Burke when he gets squeezed? In a cave situation, when your calling gets affirmed and your character gets revealed, <laughs> All of those are great, but there's still some squeezing that will take place before there's restoration. And if, if you miss it and you start making wrong choices or ignoring the real problems, 
the generational things, the, the, the problems and the, the, mis, the mistakes that you made and you're too proud to admit, whatever. Then that turns into a wilderness situation. Whole another sermon, whole another prescription to be written for that. But in a cave situation, you are there because God wants to do some affirming in your life. Just like Joe, I came in with nothing. And I, I, I love that he didn't even say that Satan took it. Oh, I'm reading it again. I'm reading it again. I'm reading it again. Daggone it. Look, 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 look. I came naked from my mother's womb. I'll be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had, and the Lord took it away. See, we think Satan took it away. Satan doesn't do anything to you as a Christ follower that doesn't first pass through God's hands. He has to approve it. He has to say, go on. He's God. And Satan has to obey him too. So he came and asked permission. He told Peter, hey, Satan is going to sift you like wheat. So let me ask you. In your cave situations, you might be in one now, you might be going into one. When you get squeezed, what comes out? Does the evidence of the affirmation of who you are and your calling and your purpose? A lot of people get hung up on the word calling, so I don't want to use that. I was just looking for a C because then I had character. So I'll just say purpose. Does evidence of your purpose come out? Does, does the affirmation from God make you stronger? Or do you shake your fist in the air? We're going to talk about that on Sunday. You get angry? You take it out on the dog, your spouse, your friends. But we need to do a heart check. Are we really mad at God? Are we, are we, are we really ticked off? Because he could have done something. I love that David rose to the challenge. And we're going to next week talk about the beautiful restoration. Let the reality of the cave and the revelation he received while he got there, because he did the right things, he was able to live in victory. Man, that's awesome. Just don't raise your hand, but just promise me you'll think about tonight when, when your husband's snoring in his chair. I say that because that's what I'll, I do. We just think, what comes out of me when I'm... When it, I mean, when it really gets... I'm telling you, what used to come out of me is anger. No, I mean like zero to ten right now. What comes out of me when I'm, when God lets Satan squeeze me? 
When I'm in a cave situation, no fault of my own, I just had to escape the wine press so that I, so that I was able to set people up to have a testimony. What do you think about that? And I'm not even insinuating that when you get squeezed by God in the cave that it's, you know, all bad. Man, you might be nailing it. If that's the case, celebrate that. Celebrate that. Praise God for that. But if it's not, if you can't respond like Job, if I can't respond like Job, just join me in repenting to God and then take a risky move. I prayed this this week. I said, actually it was last week when, as I was preparing this. I said, God, until I get it right, until when I'm squeezed, your glory comes out and your praise comes out. Keep putting me back in the cave because it's not punishment. It's time when all the props get knocked down and you lean on God and God alone. That's when you learn who you really are. Amen? God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the cave. God, I pray that we, we would... Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God just told me to tell somebody here tonight, be honest. I don't know what, he's, I don't know what he means. I... Thank you, Jesus. He wants somebody in here tonight to hear, be honest about what you know. The underlying problem is. I speak that in the name of Jesus in humility and in grace and mercy. Be honest. God, I thank you for for your whispers. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the caves. God, I thank you that you affirm us there and your faithfulness and your promises just get another stamp of confirmation on them because you've never failed. Your love has never failed. So thank you for the cave. I pray, God, we learn what it is you have for us. And I pray tonight for whomever that word was for, that they would be honest. Mm. Church, it's 8.15, I know. If you got kids, you got to get them, I get it. God, God's, God's pretty clear, and I'm, and I'm not, 
If you didn't trust me, you wouldn't be here, I know. I, I don't just throw out God said to use it as a form of manipulation. God says, don't leave here tonight without being honest. And, and again, that's so strong in my heart right now. I feel the weight of that. And I'm sure I'm not the only one in the room that does. So, we're going to be dismissed. If, if you've got conversations to have, I'm, I'm asking you, I'm, I'm asking you, would you just wait until you're in the foyer or wherever you go? Leave this sanctuary just that because somebody whomever and however many that was for they're going to come to this altar and they're going to be honest in front of God and if you want someone to pray with you those of you that do not have to rush out stay sit quietly and if you want someone to pray with you when you come to the altar, just slip up your hand. We're not going to counsel you. We're not going to lecture you. We're going to pray quietly over you while you break the link in the chain. God, give us courage. Give us courage. In your name we pray. Amen. Be honest.